You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening, and let's check it out. Listen, if you will, go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read some more about God's incredible grace, this gift he's given us that now we can, we can give and tell others about. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption. Redemption is a accounting term that means your debt's been paid. You've been redeemed. It's an accounting term. It means your debt has been paid, and it's a treasure. It's a treasure to have your debt paid. I said it's a treasure to have your debt paid. You know, we as a church, we've gone to the grocery store and paid people's groceries. It was incredible to watch that. We've gone to the gas station and just said, hey, we're going to fill your car up today. We'll pay for it. What? 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 No one does that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's incredible to have your debt paid. Some of you might have experienced that. You thought you owed something. You, you found out you didn't know it. That was like, a, that's a good day. Well, we owed a debt that we could not pay. I'm going to talk about the debt for a little bit. And let me, let me just tell you this in advance, because I'm not saying this to beat you up and make you feel bad. I'm saying this to make you appreciate the gift. Listen, the Bible says very few people will give their lives for a good man. I, I don't know, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody in recent history that has volunteered to die for a good person. I mean, well, yeah, that's sad that happened to him. I haven't seen very few people step up and say, I'll take that bullet, I'll take that for them. But, but then it says this, how few, if any, would ever die for an evil person? I don't know if any of you, not me, not hardly anybody I have. No, I don't know anybody except Jesus that would die for Adolf Hitler. If he was going to be put to death, how many of you would step in front of the bullet? I'll never forget this. This really challenged me. Oh, my gosh, this challenged me. There was missionaries. They made a movie about it. It's a true story. They were ministering to this tribe in the Amazon that had never heard about Jesus. And this tribe was very dangerous. They had killed everybody that came near them. They killed them. And so, and protected by the government, they kind of let them be isolated and be a tribe. But they were missionaries, and so they flew over for the longest time and dropped gifts. They dropped food, they dropped stuff for them, and just tried to, you know, just say, hey, we love you, we care about you, we're going to give you this and give you that. Stuff they liked, that they found out they liked. And then they were about to plan to actually land, and uh, from the plane, land, on a lake, and then go in and minister to them. And so, um, these missionaries, they grabbed their guns and put them on the plane. And one of the, the sons of one of the missionaries came up to him and said, Daddy, Daddy, if they try to kill you, will you please, will you please shoot them and, and fight back? And he said, you know what, son? They put these guns on this plane, but I'm not going to use it. If they try to kill me, I won't use it. He said, why, Daddy, why, 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 why won't you use it? He said, this is a true story. He said, because if they kill me, I go to heaven. If I kill them, they go to hell. Man. Whoa. What a thought. They landed. True story. They made a movie of it. 
They landed, approached the natives. The natives, there was two of them. They took both their lives, killed them dead. The families of the missionaries left that area. But that son, that little boy, who his daddy told him that, eventually said, I'm going back when he got older because my daddy gave his life for this tribe. I want to see them know Jesus. And he actually led the man that killed his daddy to Christ. And they traveled America. They traveled America telling that story. And that man told him after he was saved, he said, I'm, he repented for killing his daddy. And he said, if I can, I'll be a father to you. And they have, they have like a father-son relationship. It was the chief of the tribe and this son now have a father-son relationship. And they go around telling their testimony and seeing they've seen thousands come to know Jesus because of that story. True story. That's called grace. His daddy knew that he'd been given a gift he didn't earn and didn't deserve and could never earn and couldn't ever deserve. And so he was willing to give his life so someone else would know that. That's called grace. That's called grace. Because he understood the great treasure of his debt being wiped out. Do you don't think that chief, he loved that boy? He loved traveling and telling his story. Wow. That's grace. And the price that's been paid for us, sometimes we think of ourselves as a, well, maybe someone good would step in front of a bullet because I'm good. No, can I, can I tell you something? The Bible says our good works are as filthy rags in the sight of a holy, perfect God. Man, do we not understand what that means? I'm going to explain it to you. You're not the good person someone would step in a bullet for. You're Adolf Hitler. Well, I'm not Adolf Hitler. I'm not responsible for millions of deaths and all this evil and all this stuff that's happened. I haven't done that. Well, you haven't done it to people, but you've done it to God. If you compare yourself to Adolf, I'm not as bad as Adolf, but you're not comparing yourself to Adolf Hitler. Neither am I. We're comparing ourselves to a holy, perfect God that has never committed an evil act for an evil reason and has never been tempted with evil nor has ever tempted anyone else with evil. Jesus did die for billions of Adolf Hitlers. Well, I'm, I'm not that bad. How many bad thoughts have you had? I've never killed anybody. Have you ever said you hated somebody? Because the Bible says, if you say, Raka, I hate that person, you have murdered them in your heart. I'm not even gonna ask you to raise your hand if you've ever said that about somebody or thought that about somebody. Because I'm telling you, there's a thousand or whatever, 500 murderers in this place right now. If you've thought about sexual sin, you've committed it. If you've thought about, you've ever been jealous or envious, you've coveted someone else's stuff, someone else's this, someone else's that, I wish I had their hair. You compared yourself to them. You've, you've said any of these things. You've, you've, we've all violated this. Listen, you can't appreciate the gift until you understand how little we deserved it. We deserve none of it. 
Again, most people will say, well, I'm a, I've, I've done street ministry where I've asked people, man, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? A lot of them said heaven. I say, why? They say, because I'm a good person. My good outweighs my bad. And I say, really? Have you ever thought about this? Oh, yeah. How many times? Oh, I don't know. Hundreds, thousands. Is your goodness compared to God's perfection? Can you meet his holiness and his perfection? And they'll say, well, well, no. And I'll say, that's why you being a good person didn't earn his heaven. The only way you can get to heaven is to receive this, this gift that you didn't deserve. You have not earned it. It's a gift of grace. It's a gift of true love that he paid. His holy blood paid for our unholy blood. But see, when we don't recognize that, and so many people don't, I can tell by how they live. They don't live with gratitude. They don't live to serve or to love. And I'm not talking about being perfect. We'll never be perfect. I'm just talking about living to give, living to help, living to be a blessing, you know, doing our best, being sincere about actually trying to be a blessing and serving others and loving others and caring about others. Man, when you really understand this gift It'll inspire you to live differently. It'll inspire you to give your life away so you can actually live life. My family knows this isn't a game to me. I believe this. I teach this all the time to them and anybody else that'll listen. This is reality of what it's really like. So many people have this crazy thought in their head that we live in this physical world and the spiritual world lives with us. Can I tell you something? It's the opposite. The spiritual world existed way before we did. We live in a spiritual world. Not the other way around. It, it, and that's exactly how people think. Well, I'm pretty good. I'm not a murderer. I'm not this. I'm not that. So, you know, I'm better than Adolf Hitler. I'm better than this person. I'm better than that person. We're all on the same playing field with God. He's perfect, we haven't been. He said, all have sinned and fallen short of his glory, his perfection, his holiness. That's why Jesus had to come, and we, could, we didn't earn any of it. We don't deserve any of it. It's a true, unmerited gift, unearned. Uh, 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 we can't ever get close to it. It's such a, that's why the gift is a treasure. That's why he says the treasure of redemption, that your debt has been paid, should be a treasure to you. It should be your greatest treasure. And when you treat it like that, oh, look out. Your life, will, you'll, your life will rise, not fall. But you gotta be willing to risk like God risks. God loved us before one of us loved him. You gotta be willing to say it first and do it first and act on it first and be willing to deal with the disappointments, people that take advantage of you and just be like, you know what? I sowed that seed. I'll get a harvest for that. I'm just gonna keep on sowing. If they disappoint or, or take advantage, then so be it. I'm not talking about being a fool where you know they're gonna do this or know you're gonna do that. I'm talking about just you know, using some wisdom but sowing your life. You know, God's even told Julie and I sometimes to help people we knew were going to take advantage. Other times he said, no, don't do it. But sometimes he said to do it. And whatever he says, I know he's got a plan. 
Maybe down the road, that will come back to them. And God will say, you remember when they gave you something? And, they, and you, know that you knew they knew you were going to use it. I don't know what God, I just trust God. I just trust God. He wants us all to trust him. All to, to serve and to give and live. Can you imagine how inspirational and how incredible our families, our lives, our businesses, our city, this valley would be, our state would be, if more people said, I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. I'm not talking about going in the ministry. I'm talking about going to your job, what he's called you to do, and still give your life. I'm talking about going home and saying, okay, today's a new day. Jesus gave me something I didn't deserve, and I'm going to serve my family. And even if they don't appreciate it, God appreciates it. Oh, come on now. You'd be surprised how much that would change someone's life. I remember a story of grace. Uh, this man ended up becoming... He started a whole revolution of Christianity. John G. Lake's his name. No, it's not John G. Uh, God, Smith Wigglesworth, British citizen, plumber, uneducated, back, way back, uh, you know, I don't know, about probably 100 years, maybe more ago, but he was, a, he was still it was a plumber, but you didn't have to have any kind of education. He couldn't read or write. He couldn't do any of it. He was a rugged individual, really tough on his wife, hard on her. Well, she had become a Christian and started going to church. Well, he started getting mad that she wasn't home all the time, just wait on him hand and foot, literally hand and foot. And so one day he told her, he said, if you go to church, I'm locking you out of the house. And British winters can be brutally cold. And it was one of those nights. It was wet snow. It was brutal, brutally cold. And he, he thought that would intimidate her. Well, she went to church anyway. He locked all the doors. Next day, he went to look for her. He went to sleep without a conscience. He, went, he got up, went to look for her, and he couldn't find her. Looked out the front door, looked around, finally went to the back door. And he, he popped open the back door, and she fell in the door, half frozen. Half frozen. He drug her in the house, let her lay there on the kitchen floor. She kind of de-thawed out a little bit. When he, he thought when she de-thaws, she's going she gonna to hit me over the head with a frying pan. She, she's never going to speak to me again. His wife, Smith's wife, when she thought out, got up, took her coat off, and cooked him breakfast and served it with a smile. How many women would do that? Some of you are laughing like, not me. Lock me out of the house. Freeze me. But I'm telling you, the women that do that, you can win an unsaved husband. Because Smith, after she did that, he found, it broke him. It broke him. Because he knew what he deserved. He didn't deserve nothing from her. She never said a word to him about it. So one day he said, there's got to be something to this God thing, a church thing, because that ain't normal. That's not normal. That's abnormal. That's supernatural. He goes to church and gets saved. He leads one of the greatest revivals in Britain ever. Talking about him still today, Smith Wigglesworth, look him up. He leads one of the greatest revivals of Jesus Christ in the history of Great Britain because one woman understood the gift she had been given and extended it to a mean old butthead of a man. 
Grace changes everything. Grace should change your life. The unmerited gift. It says this, we've been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins. <laughs> Happy day. My sins have been canceled. Total, total pardon. Woo, that's big time. Some of you aren't even close to happy enough. I tell you why. So many people, some people aren't. It's because you don't understand how much sin you've committed. That you didn't commit a sin against somebody else that sinned. We can, we can hurt each other and commit sins against each other because we, we've all sinned, man. And not, some people not think anything about it. Like, I'll get them back. But man, we've sinned against a holy, perfect God that's done nothing but love us. All because of the cascading riches of his grace. Man, grace is rich. Grace will cause you to fall in half frozen through the back door and get up and cook breakfast. Then he says this, this supernatural grace. Everybody say supernatural. It's not super spooky, it's supernatural. Grace is already Powerfully working in us, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. God's grace is so, it's so full of wisdom. It doesn't stop when he saves our lives. This gift of our relationship with him, forgiveness and freedom from the domination and slavery of sin, keeps growing powerfully in us. We know it can grow because God said, I pour out more and more and more supernatural grace upon the humble. Those that have surrendered their life to me, I give them more of my unmerited favor. Good things happen to them. Supernatural gifts, supernatural blessing and anointing, and things just take place in their life. I take care of things that they've been praying about, that, I, they, that some things they didn't even, they just thought about, I give them. I bless them. I help them. He said, but the proud, that say, oh man, who does, who does God think he is? I'm good enough. I don't need Jesus. He said he resists the proud. He resists those that resist him. He stiff arms them. But at the same time, he constantly reminds them, like he is right now in this place and online, my gift is still available. My gift is still available. He won't pour more grace. He's offering the grace that he has for them. That's to save their lives. But for those who receive this grace, man, woo, look out. It grows and grows and grows. It grows in your life. It grows for your life. I'm going to ask you just for a moment to close your eyes. Online and here, wherever you're at, whether you're listening live right now or next week, man, next year, whenever you're listening to this. I want you to consider your life. It's amazing to me when I did street ministry, I had two people, maybe three, that said, no, nah, I'd go to hell. I remember one of them was a young man. He was going to tech. He was partying all night, came to the door in his underwear. 
hung over, mad that I woke him up. And he sat on the front porch in his underwear with me and prayed to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life. And he was one of the few I asked. I said, man, if you died today, where would you go? He said, man, I'd definitely go to hell. He's one of the few people that was honest. Most of them said, I don't know. But some said heaven. And I say, why? They said, because Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I've received this, this great gift of forgiveness. I've surrendered my life to him. And man, they were right. They were on their way to heaven. And if you want to be on your way to heaven, if you want to stop being a slave to the kingdom of darkness, to Satan and sin, This is your moment to reach out for freedom because when you know Jesus, when you know about him, what he's done for you, the truth of that sets you free. From, it doesn't mean you don't sin in this life. It just means you have a choice now. Grace frees you to choose. Grace saves you from slavery to sin in this life, to selfishness and sin that ruins your life and distances you from every good thing that you could possibly experience. I know people that have fame and money, but they have no joy in it. It's never enough because it is never enough. They get no joy from it. They get momentary happiness from buying this or doing this. But man, there's no true joy. They're miserable, just as miserable as someone who doesn't have nothing. Only Jesus changes everything. Romans 6 says he resurrects your life from the dead in this life and the next. He's the only way to heaven. There is no other way. And if you've never prayed that or maybe you've said it, but you never meant it, it was never sincere, it was never true surrender, you were trying to buy some fire insurance and all, knowing all well that when you left that place and you prayed that your heart was never really truly sold out to him. I want to say to you today, no games. No games. If you'll surrender your life, he'll save your life. He'll save you. Give you a life that's to give you life and a full life here. Give you heaven when you die. It's a gift He wants to give you, but you have to receive the gift. He won't force it on you. If you want to pray for the first time, really for the first time, that you're surrendering your life, let's pray right now. Or maybe you've you've prayed and you've ran away, and the whole time you're running, man. You're thinking, I don't belong here. That's not who I am. I belong, I belong with God. I don't belong out here in this world anymore. Come home. Come home. So whether it's your first time or your next time, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Two things on the count of three, I'm going to ask you online to go ahead and put in the message uh, section I'm praying for the first time or the next time. In this room, 
I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand up high and say, it's me. I need to get right with God today. And don't be ashamed and don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. When I raised my hand, I was more ashamed of my life than ashamed of giving my life to Jesus. And then right after that, we'll pray together right where you're at, right where you're seated, right where you are online. So let's, let's do this on the count of three. Raise your hand or on the count of three, send us something on the message board. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand and say, it's me. I'm going to get right with God today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, thank you. Thank you. I see those hands in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Golly, so many. It's so incredible. Let's all pray together as we close out this service. Let's all pray together. Say this. Say, God, I believe that you are God and God alone that you love me when I didn't love you. And you sent Jesus to die for the ugliest parts, my sin of my life. And you raised him from the dead so you could raise me up. Forgive me. Give me a life in this life worth living and giving away. And give me a life forever in heaven with you and my brothers and sisters. Thank you. And because I believe that, I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life. I surrender my life to you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I receive your full pardon. My sins are canceled. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for this gift. Teach me how to live in gratitude for it. In Jesus' name, until I see you in heaven, so be it. Amen. Come on, church. Celebrate the goodness of God. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.